Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball isn't boring. Well, sometimes it is. Usually when Evan Drellick's talking about it, it is. But not today. Not today, Evan Drellick. Welcome. Long time no talk. Well, last, when was the last time we were on a show together? Are you going to play the intro music we used to have on Sunday mornings? Uh, no, I am you not. You can't get this, that drop? We've, we've, we've both moved on from that. Uh, yeah. We both the system? Uh, no, no. It's it's We just have different things. We're prioritizing different things. You're prioritizing labor laws, and I'm prioritizing entertainment. That's so, right. Um, so... Congratulations! Cool hat. How you doing, fellow kids? Well, this is uh, this is Los. Uh, what is it? Bleed Los, the Dodgers podcast, which is basically like it's. I'm just sticking up for the Dodgers against right. your, your mean Houston Astros. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, I, in all sincerity, congratulations on your book. Winning fixes everything. How baseball's brightest minds created sports' biggest mess. It is your second greatest literature accomplishment. After what was the other one? A hundred things that you think now, you they, about the Red Sox or something? Close. That's the other series of triumph. It's the Big Fifty, the uh, oh, many the moments 50. that made the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Oh, so should we do like the Big Fifty, the fifty uh, power rank, the fifty things, and winning fixes everything? Should we uh, do we that? Could, we could. I don't know if that would be uh, the best use of our time, but we could. Yeah. Could Could you say this? Uh, I'm Evan Drolick, and my favorite book is Winning Fixes Everything. Can you say that, please? Why am I saying that? Just say it, because I want you to say it. I'm Evan Drellick, and my favorite book is Winning Fixes Everything. Okay. How's that? All right. Do you know the name of my book that's coming out? A Damn Near Perfect Game, because I see it behind your head. All right. Thank you. There you yeah. go. Thank you for that uh, that creative editing. I'm going to do a little bit later on. So uh, there you go. Evan Drellick, you have a book. Uh, there are so many things I want to get to when I talk to uh, you about. First of all, have you? How much publicity? How much media have you done? Have you done a ton? I know that you have the excerpts. Yeah, this, this is going to be a busy week. I've got a, a bunch of different podcasts and radio shows lined up this week, and then next week I'm going down to Florida. But the book isn't out until next week, so I think once the book is out, I'm expecting the next two to three weeks to be relatively busy. How about uh, in Houston? Well, how much in Houston? 
lot of. Well, users. there was a guy who used to be at the Houston Press who has a newsletter who's already written about it. Uh, oh, a, a newsletter. Yeah, a newsletter. newsletter. No, but I, I mean, I mean, no, I'm them. honestly asking this because I'm, yeah. I'm finding it sort of interesting because, you know, the you, you know, the thing that I'm doing, like Joe Kelly isn't really liked in Houston very much, which is fine. But you sort of lean into it. And uh, I what I but for your case, I'm sort of interested in terms of obviously it's something that happened in Houston. No one's going to deny it happened in Houston. It's newsworthy because right. of all the places it's newsworthy. It's in Houston. But do are they sort of like giving you the stiff arm? Do you get what are you getting from the people in Houston? No, I've had one of the you know. There's two Houston sports radio stations. Uh, the one that is not affiliated with the Astros has already asked me to come on. I don't have a date yet for that, but I'm sure that'll happen. The Houston Chronicle, I'm expecting it's not finalized yet, but I'm expecting there will be excerpts in the Houston Chronicle. The Houston's it's a different sports town than Boston. It's very rah rah. You know, there there's, but that's what I mean. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Look, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros flagship uh, steers far clear of me. They, um, you know, there, there are hosts there that very, very proudly tout that I'm a big Houston fan. Right. And so I'm, I'm kind of a foil for them. I'm a, I'm, I'm fodder. I'm a target. It's fine. You know, it, it. I'm going on Houston's NPR station. We'll have some nice, Ooh. nuanced Ooh, intellectual look, discussion. Look, look, look but look, <laughs> it's a big city. But is you know, you know this as a, a media market. It, it's it's different than Boston. It's a different place. So you have the excerpt come out, uh, and I know that the Boston Herald picked it up, and you know, and so obviously in Boston gets a little bit of play because of the core stuff. Sure. Um, do you feel like that is? of all the markets, of all the attention that you're going to get for this book. And, you know, everyone should know that this book is about the the Houston Astros cheating scandal in 2017 and before leading up to that. Uh, it's very well researched. I'll give you that. Like you, you, whatever you Thanks, did, out, whatever you were doing, uh, your Kumbaya uh, moment out in uh, Joshua Tree National Park for a month, mm-hmm. uh, it all came together. But uh, it's very well researched. But I'm just anxious to see, like, besides, okay, you got the core stuff at Boston. Where else are, where have you gotten feeling like, okay, this is going to hit home? Is it, is it Los Angeles? Is it, um, you know, is it Houston? Is it, you know, where, where are you getting some buzz from? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the LA Times will do an excerpt that's also not fine. How many excerpts are you going to have? Holy crap. Sounds like four. Well, I, you don't even have to buy the book. Just read all the excerpts. No, but that see, that's that's the, the, the problem in a weird way is that the book is so much more than just sign stealing. But, you know, what grabs people and what easily generates the headlines is the sign stealing. And so that's what people keep, uh, you know, excerpting. That's fine, right? It, it's good for the book to get uh, attention. But I, honestly, I'm going to say this, Evan. Like, yeah. it, like I said, it was well-researched, well-whatever-reported and everything else. But we knew that by now, how many more years later, we knew that this happened. Right. We knew that this happened. The sure. more interesting thing about this book is, is like you said, of how the whole sort of franchise was built. Yes. Like that, and, and, you know, I know that's not how books work. And that's, you know, people are going to take out the salacious stuff and, and take out the, like you said, the excerpts or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, well, good luck again. Yeah, well, across. right. I mean, I'll talk about this for a second, right? There's a bit of a challenge here in really in a marketing sense. And I'm excited for people to actually get their hands on the book and read it and, and see these different parts of it, uh, because it, it really is. It's explaining the outgrowth of Moneyball, right? Like big database, all this stuff. You know, where did this game go and how did we arrive 
at the scandal. And when I was reporting the book, there were so many times when I would just my own reaction. And I'm not that easily moved, buddy. Uh, it was just like, holy F, holy S, this is wild. Right. right. Like this, you know, it's just it like like the presence of the consulting firm McKinsey inside the Astros offices in 2017. There's an executive in the book saying that McKinsey is basically what led to the destruction of the Astros front office. Right. And all these things that, frankly, other people who wrote about the Astros missed, um, you know, do. it. Pissing yeah. on the pissing on the, the coverage of the Astros, but it's it, but here's here's the problem. You just said it, Evan. You know I'm honest with you. Sure. No one wants to. I almost swore. No one wants to hear about McKinsey. Right. Right. Now, some people do. Right. There uh, people, yeah. Yeah. Some people do. And, those, people and honestly, do. those are the people who are going to read the book from stem to stern because you know, as I think that, it, and I'm, and you're going to have to weather me pushing my book as well during this. That's too bad. But I thought, you know, <laughs> Joe, Joe said this. Joe Kelly said this, and I agree with this. He's like, you know, less people are reading books, so. What's what's hot right now? It's podcasts, so you almost have to make it seem like a podcast sure. in a way. And um, and you know, but that said, you you have to get you know how it is. You have the headline, you have the subject, you have the excerpts, you have the bullet points, and then you got to suck people. It's just like writing a story in the newspaper now. I think right? we're doing that right. I mean, I think the sign stealing. Look, if it's a gateway for people to to read a deeper story. Uh, and, you know, look, even the science thing itself, if you want to understand how this happened and what happened in Houston, in Boston, in New York, even in Los Angeles, um, there's a lot in there. Right. You you can you can beyond the excerpts that have come out so far. There's still a lot more Can't to learn about the next 50. What's that? How many excerpts? Are how many excerpts are you going to have? You keep throwing around excerpts. Well, why not, how many are you going to have? Like one, like you just you I, give I'm a little, very excited. Give very a little taste. You give a little taste. Can you can you send me a copy of your book, please? I can. I mean, it's like it's like asking to go to the bathroom in in middle school. I can. May may I? Yes. May send I? Me a copy maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Why? What are you going to do for me? Well, when I need to go to the bathroom, you know, I'll have oh, the book. There you go. You're not getting a book. Um. <laughs> so, uh, but you know. Uh, I want to go back to what you said about reporting the book. Yeah. Um, because you did the initial reporting. And then uh, my favorite part is, by the way, is of your, when you mentioned the, the caller, the sports radio caller, your, your time at WEI with me. That was at the beginning of the book, in case anyone wants to see it. 617-779-7937, taking your calls up until midnight. <laughs> home for Red Sox baseball, WEI. See, you could have gotten a Pulitzer for that, too. Um, so... When you did the initial reporting and then you get this book deal uh, and then you have to actually research the book, you have to sort of go next level. What was the thing when you did the reporting for the book compared to sort of the initial reporting? What was the thing you did the the reporting for the book that jumped out at you? I know there was a few things, but what was the thing that that when you sunk your teeth into it over the last 10 years uh, since since you've been working on this book, what was the thing that jumped out at you? There's a lot of stuff on front office dynamics. You know, there, there'd been a Jeff Luno, who was the GM of the team, who was an ex marketing executive before he got into sports. The guy was a marketer. He's very media savvy. And it was stunning to me how different the actual operation of the Astros was from what everybody understood. The very basic storyline of the Astros was, you know, it was Luno running the whole show and he had his right hand buddy 
Sigmidel. Uh, and what it turned out was that, particularly in the later years, there was this whole other faction of people, Brandon Taubman, Mike Fast, uh, Pete Patilla. Patilla's not the GM of the Giants. Mike Fast is a high up with the Braves. Taubman's out of the game. Um, and there was massive internal conflict. You know, there was some, there was, uh, a person with direct knowledge of the league investigations, I believe how they're cited in the book, who said everybody thought it was this well-oiled machine. This is a quote in the book. Uh, but when you looked in, it was a disorganized mess. And I think the amount of distrust, dysfunction, lack of communication that was inside that organization. And so when, when you step back and, you know, every time a team wins a World Series, you're going to have that great book. Oh, they're so smart and they're wonderful. And look at this innovation. And, and it sets up this, this inherent conflict of they won, but holy crap, what is going on underneath? And what did you do to get there? Uh, who did you step on? Um, and how did you end up in this place where the whole thing went kablooey? You know, and, and so like, look, remember the Taubman incident, right? He, he gets fired after yelling. Yes. Uh, in the direction of several reporters in the Astros Clubhouse, ALCS 19. Um, one thing that my reporting showed was that there was an incident prior to that. The, you know, this hasn't been excerpted yet, but, you know, you pick up the book, you'll read about this. Luna, when, once this happened, you know, he stood up there at the podium in, in D.C. during the World Series that year and said, you know, this isn't a culture thing. There's been nothing like this has ever happened. That is outright not true. There had been an incident where Taubman had left another employee in tears, but the Astros didn't do anything about it. Management didn't do anything about it. Why? Because Taubman was driving results. He was a very important part of the team. Uh, Luno didn't give him any attention purposely because he didn't want any teams to poach him. Um, but, you know, the fact that you could have put up a stop sign, you could have done something to prevent this or tried, um, you know, it, it was a cauldron waiting to explode. Whether it was going to be sign stealing, whether it was going to be Taubman, whether it was going to be a bunch of other stuff, you see how this builds up. And I think that's really the power of the book is you see what was going on underneath. And that stuff, Rob, you know, this is rarely reported. It is very rare. We actually get what was actually going on inside those offices. Okay. So let's go. Let's do a little bit of the timeline because yeah. it's an interesting story, right? But it's an old story. I'm not saying, and I'm not devaluing it, Evan. I'm just hear me out because it's more of a historical document now than it is sort of a pathway to to what this is in the current state. Because, and correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they've won a World Series. They won a World Series without Lou now, without Taubman, without these guys, without all doing the everything they did. Um, and they fired the GM. Uh, right, it, right, exactly. I mean, and so I, I, I guess your theory would be no, 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 no. Hold this, this. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> no, I don't have a theory. My theory is that you, you wait, you, you blew through three deadlines. No, no, oh, no. Right. <laughs> three, thirty. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. It's wherever you end up. My yeah. point is, my point is, is that when you go through it, and and you know, I want to talk a little bit about writing a book. Right. And we've talked about this. I remember when you you were you we were talking, you were asking me about should I do the big 50 or whatever it is. And and I think I said to you, you know, you do the first book so you can do the second. But you, you don't you didn't need to do that book to do this book. You did this book because you did it the had no impact. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I know. I understand that. But still, it's an as you know, uh, as someone who. Uh, has gone through the process now it's an exhausting experience yes. so so you have the 
take me through you have the reporting you 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 do you have the initial story and then you sort of have what follows when does uh the idea of doing a book come about when yeah that's the well where, where we'll start when does the first sort of the idea of a book coming out where you approached did you have the idea how did that happen yeah and, and uh, real quick I'll just to your point about it you know being history I agree I mean like Amazon picked the book as um one of its best history book picks for February. Awesome. That's really great. And that's like not something the publisher sets up. That's some Amazon editors doing that. I do think it still remains very relevant. A, you're seeing the traction that the science stealing stuff gets. B, you know, you get to the epilogue and you, you see. Well, Evan, the stuff- Evan, the science stealing stuff gets traction because it'd be like, it'd be like saying, say, you know, if I go back to the 2011 chicken and beer Red Sox, someone came out with someone, some, something you didn't know. So that doesn't have a relevance to what's going on now. I mean, I'm just calling it the like rule it changes, the labor stuff, the lockout, all of it funnel, you know, everything that that created the lockout we just had, right? Was Houston based. Right? It it the the culture of analytics and the what? way front offices what? are no, run. Not, uh, prioritizing bus rides and like what, what oh, we can have on. a labor discussion. So anyway, I'm giving you a compliment. Yeah. I'm giving no, you a compliment. I, no, I this you. is this is I think that sometimes these are the best books where you can sit back and say, this happened here. And I know that you're supposed to like funnel it toward what's going on now, but trust me, this is what this is. This is, this is the meat and potatoes of this. So I'll ask you the question again. Yep. When is, when did it sort of percolate in terms of doing a book? Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It was pretty quick after the story came out. What the the pro, the progression I remember was a literary agent had reached out to Ken Rosenthal. Ken is so busy and didn't want to take on a project. Uh, and then it's kind of right around the same time that I was put in touch with this literary agent. There was an editor who literally slid into my DMs on Twitter. Um, and so you know, I we talked to one publisher, didn't work out. Then the one who ended up sliding into the DMs is the one we did a book with. So. It was, when did the book deal get done? I don't know, March of 2020, February, you know, it was, it was, it was right in the pandemic. Right. Right. As the pandemic was starting. Yes. Okay. So you, you go through it and then you, you basically commit to doing it. When do you commit to doing it? Right then? Yeah. February, March. Yeah. I okay. mean, look, I knew that I knew it would be a massive bear, a total pain in the ass, huge amount of work, but there was a, a, clear kind of question presented to me just like internally which was if i don't do this book rob what book am i doing right what story am i better positioned to tell uh and do i have this you know look and i you the 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 way that the astros progression is weaved together in this book no one else has done right no one else had would have had the ability to do it there's never been an astros beat writer who's done a book like this um and i was in the middle of a lot of this stuff, right? I was in the middle, broke the science dealing. Um, I was the first one to question the Astros and have, you know, present questions about the Astros culture um, back in 2014. And so it's really, this is 10 years of my reporting life in this book. It, 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 it's three years of, of work and writing. Uh, but, you know, this, I'm drawing on interviews from 2013, you know, starting there and then going up through it. So I had a huge amount of material some of it that was never published. Um, and so it was, it, it wasn't about money. It was about if the professionally art. I got to do, yeah, it's just, I felt an obligation. This is the story I am in a position to tell. When you start, when you start, you have the idea, you have the, you have the book deal, you, you know, you're going to do it. You have the done the reporting before. Um, and now, you know, you have to sort of take it to the next level. What was the thing that you knew that you had to do? What was the thing that you knew that like, okay, you know, when you're doing and you laid out in the book of like sort of like how the initial reporting was done leading up to the athletic story. But when you start the book, like, what is the thing that you said? Okay, I know that I can dig in deeper here and this is going to be the thing that I have to get to. And maybe it was very difficult. Maybe you weren't able to get to even then. I don't know. I mean, look, there, there was at least 30,000 words that were trimmed off of this book, and, and rightly so. I'm sure we could have trimmed a few more. Um, there were things I did want to do more on that I did not, uh, we, you know, you run out of space and time. Um, I, I mean, general, are you asking about a specific, like, no, like no, you, when, you go, when or, you go into this, you say, yeah. I know that this is a book. Right. But I also know I need to sort of really, really dig into this part of it more. I need to, you know, potentially, because that's what this is all about. It's advancing the story that you already wrote, right? Correct? 
So yeah. like, so, so what was the thing that you knew that you had to advance and that maybe there was going to be difficult to advance? I think that in, in the most general sense, it was establishing what the Astros culture was and how that leads us to the science dealing. Um, and I, I knew that to be the case. I, I understood generally what it was. But you have all these series of incidents that happened prior to science stealing and then even after with Taubman. Um, and so it's, it was, it was a lot of fact gathering about a lot of different things, right? I, there's the second chapter of the book is, I think actually one of the better chapters because it, it's got Walt Jockety, who was the GM when Luno first gets into baseball on the record talking about how effed up, uh, that situation was. And so, you know, you go from the Cardinals to the early Astros years to the hacking incident to the Brady Aiken scandal. There's just all this stuff that was there to dig into. And so I really had to just go piece by piece by piece. Um, and it took forever and it was torture, but it was, you know, and look, it was sports investigative reporting is what it was, you know, and it, it, it took a lot of work. And here I am. I mean, it's when with, I always said this, when you get the box of books, that's when it hits. Right. When you get the box of books, it's been really, yeah, I agree with that. And and I'm really waiting for the 14th for it to be out in the world because I've, I, I have kept quiet. I don't know if, if this has been noticeable at all. No, right? it hasn't been. Well, I, I've been covering <laughs> labor. I've covered the lockout, but I haven't said much of anything about the Astros sign stealing. I covered news as it came up. I was the first to report on the Yankees letter. Um, and I followed that saga. Boy, well, you haven't tried to sell yourself this much since the WEI interview. Holy what crap, ha- Evan. I well, mean, like- you know, I, you're getting me at a good time, Rob, because truly this is this is basically, you know, one of the first I'm doing. Okay. And, well, and this there is you go. three you're years welcome. of. I owned this story. I know I owned this story um, and, along with Ken Rosenthal. And there's a lot that I have to say. And I was waiting for the book to say it. I wanted the book to be presented in totality and the story to be presented in totality. But now it's here, right? And so I'm kind of at a point where after watching other people opine, oh, this is how they broke the story or this is what was going on. No, now I'm finally in a position where I can talk about it um, comfortably. And it, you know, it was, it was tough sitting on my hands for three years, right? As Mm. you're writing this book. Mm. Um, You would, you, we talk about excerpts. Um, and, you know, we talk about people who you have to get to, that you have to talk to and everything else. Obviously, a central figure of this is Jeff Lunau. Sure. I gave you crap back in September when you had an excerpt come out. Yeah. Right. Um, why did you have that excerpt come out? Uh, there were timing reasons with the publisher that we thought it was the right time to do it. Okay. All right. Th- All right. There you go. All right. Uh, what's So, Lunau... What was your, it's interesting because you have to contact all these people, yeah. go down the list of people uh, who, the, you know, the main characters who you've contacted uh, while doing this book and what sort of the reaction was. I'm not going to do it. You know, I thought a lot about, um, I knew I'd be asked questions in this process about, well, who did you talk to? Who didn't you talk to? No, I'm not asking who give you information. Right. Well, you gotta, look, you gotta call everybody, right? Particularly it, 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 the the range of people I spoke with, right, or attempted to speak with, very top of the organization to much lower levels, and people outside of Houston uh, with other teams, people who have specific knowledge in different spaces like R and D. Um, I talked to Bill James. I talked to 
John Cotter, who is a change management expert, there's it, it's very relevant to the book. I talked to the dean of Rice University's business school, um, people in the commissioner's office. You know, it was really wide ranging. Speaking of the commissioner's office, what's what's what was their sort of vibe that you got from them? In terms of, uh, terms uh, obviously, you know, we know, and people can read the book to get sort of the insight about like the punishment and everything else, the commissioner and the MLB reaction to it. But let's say, like, when this book comes out on the fourteenth, like, what do you think? How do you think that baseball feels about? How do you think? Because, like you said. There's no doubting, Evan, that this changed baseball. There's, there's no doubting about this. But how, as they sit here, do you think that they're sitting there and saying, oh, you know what, it was, hey, we'll tip of the hat to you, but we're moving on? Or do they say, hey, you know, good job? I don't know. I mean, what's your vibe from MLB? Look, in general, and we saw this with how they punished the Red Sox, right? And you see this whenever there's a scandal. MLB wants scandals to go away. It, it wants things to be happy and ponies and rainbows. And, and that's their job in a sense, right? I mean, what would you expect from a sports league uh, other than that? You know, you don't want to keep breeding um, negative attention. Uh, I think there are things in this book that will be uncomfortable for teams and people around the league. You know, it's not a, it's not a book with a ton of heroes, right? When you really figure out what's going on here, there's some people you can get behind in the book, but um, it's a lot of anti-heroes. What's your what uh, for Rob Manfred? What is the um, the part in the book where maybe people would say is the most pointed when it comes to Rob Manfred? Maybe yeah. it's an incident. Maybe it's uh, you know a decision he made. Give me the most pointed Rob Manfred moment. Well, I think there's two things. Um, you know he. As you remember, the Red Sox and Yankees were fined in seventeen for for the base runner system for for the getting Watch. the signs from the video yeah. right the Apple Watch scandal. Uh, even though it was a Fitbit, it wasn't or it was some other maker. I think in the end, it wasn't it wasn't actually an Apple Watch, but that's how we remember it. You know, Rob issues that fine, and he thinks he's in his fourth year as commissioner, right, fifteenth, sixteenth, or third year, um, and he thinks that that's going to do it. That, you know, I've laid down the law here. The, the chapter this is in is called Lines in the Sand. I've, I've drawn a line in the sand, right? If you're Rob Manfred. Um, and he absolutely did not, right? It was an, it was a total misread of the situation. And it was the same thing when they put in replay. You, you know, you can tie all this back to 2014 when they, when they introduced the elevated use of replay. Manfred, when he becomes commissioner, puts out a, a press release, you know, with a couple things. This is what I want to do. And he talks about, I want to keep introducing technology to the game. And this guy who was really MLB's point person in the PED scandal, right? He's testifying in Congress. This guy who understands the nature of cheating uh, and, and the way players behave was so blind to what would come from these technological tools that MLB was pushing literally into every clubhouse. Uh, and then you get to the punishments, right? And this is what sticks in a lot of people's craw. Uh, the, the Astros weren't punished. And, the failure wasn't at the time the scandal happens and the league does the investigation, man, for deciding not to punish. The problem was in the years leading up to it, that he didn't understand that, well, if I don't reach an agreement with the players union on on how this can be punished, and if I ever am in a situation where I have to punish this again and I let them go, I'm going to look freaking awful. 
And so he, he didn't do the legwork necessary because for the same reason he didn't punish the Red Sox and, and Yankees more sternly. He didn't think this problem, he, he didn't understand the magnitude of the problem. He didn't understand the roots of it, and he didn't understand how it was festering. Um, and so, you know, that that's really the culpability of the commissioner's office. They didn't get it. They didn't understand what they had wrought. Ooh, I like that. We use a rot. Excellent mm-hmm. job. W-R-O-U-G-H-T. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. There you go. You don't even need an editor for that. Mm-hmm. So let's spin it forward to, um, you know, you're going through the process of writing the book. And then, you know, the the Astros, they, because it, 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 initially, I, you know, I, I anyone who looked at Amazon could see this. It was initially, it was, you know, what was it? was, um, what was it, uh, the initial subhead? Um it was, um, you know what it was. What was yeah, it? was a placeholder. I, I didn't even know. I, 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 okay, okay. I, I, yeah. But my, my point, I'm using this. It's never as a, supposed to be the final subhead. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, then, then don't put it on Amazon. Guess what? I don't do it. The publisher right. does these things. Right? The point is, is that in, the, in this time, in this time where you start the process in 2020, 2023, so much can happen. And then, and, you know, this is at the heart of it this is why i keep coming back to like this has this has legs because it's his historical document but 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 lou now's gone hinch is gone all these guys are gone and 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 then all of a sudden the houston astros without all those guys ever you know i guess doing it the right way quote unquote how do you know they, i no, i don't know but i that's why i did quote unquote that's when I do quote unquote. Who knows? And I'm not suggesting they were doing it the wrong way. Right, right. But they win a World Series. They win a World Series. Um, and then, as you point out, the GM gets fired. So looking at it now, Evan, the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. like how how much how much still how much chaos is sort of rooted from all the things that you reported on before. Not to say that they're doing the same stuff, but you know, when you fire a GM after you win the world series there's it's still some chaos that's rooted yeah this is and this is what i think is very difficult for fans and for sports writers you hold up the championship and go well that's it. they did it they, they won the championship and, and there's this whole underlying part of the book that is like well, they did it but how do you care about how they did it and a lot of times fans and writers don't but the book is telling you that really you should and, and in a way, the cheating scandal shows you that people care, right? You can't stand there and go, look, we won the trophy. Well, something's overriding that. And yeah, the, the fact that you had Crane fire his GM, who goes to the World Series twice, two years in a row, um, kind of steadies the ship publicly after the scandal, um, I think is really telling to the leadership and culture issues that exist with the Astros and how Crane does business, right? You read the book, you want to understand why, why Click got fired. Well, you have all these things that, that come before it. You know, there's a quote early on in the book from an Astros executive talking about how when Crane fired his first president a year in, you know, a year and a half into his job there, right? He's already on, on he's already gone through two uh, team presidents in his you know decade or so that he's been there. And there was a quote from an Astros executive that was basically, this is Jim's style of business. If he does not think you are the right person for the job, he will go out and he will find somebody else. But what does that do for your culture? What does it do for working there? What does it do for um, avoiding things like major scandals, right? And so the, 
I think the timing of the book is actually great. I think it's better to come out, you know, now as opposed to like September of last year, which is really probably the earliest it ever would have come out if, if things had gone faster. Um, because yeah, they won, but what's going on underneath? And you saw you you had your eyebrow raised when click gets fired. Like, what the hell is that? Right? Yeah, it's of course. I mean, it's weird. And you want to understand how it's weird and what's actually going on? Well, you know. There you go, baby. <laughs> Do you think the players get off easy? Do I think they got no? I, I mean, <sighs> I mean, listen, Evan. I mean, the the they got immunity, and I understand why they got immunity. But the players, so this the, will follow them the rest of their life. I understand the notion, right? But you know, it's like it's and but so you said no, and yeah. I'll push back on this. Is that because they didn't have any punishment? There was zero punishment. Yeah, that's fine. It's following. I think Manfred's part. And you know, and you know, and you know what helped them, Evan? Yeah, the pandemic. Sure did. I mean, oh my, like you know this. Leading into when you get this book deal, that 2020. That's what anyone was talking about for the first. What was it? Two weeks, and then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and that all went away. It all went away. And um, but so not the uh, chatter, but the um, right. I mean, the Astros didn't have to play in front of fans for that year. Right. I mean, that, that's exactly. again, another reason why, you know, you can say they got off. So that's what I'm asking is that, you know, yeah. obviously Hinch suspended, Cora suspended, Beltran has paid the price, you know, um, like uh, Luna, all these guys. Yeah. But the players, the one who was actually cheated and, and, and I don't know what your opinion is in terms of their reaction to it. Right. Some guys have said, you know, I'm embarrassed. Some guys have taken some responsibility and other guys have just said, said, how dare you yell at me? You know, I think, I think probably both things are true. Yes. Some players or, or all deserve to actual formal punishment, but I, I do think Manfred is correct that um, the stain of this, you know, the, the fact that these guys still continue to get booed, right. Any on, on the road. Absolutely. But yeah, but it's yeah, sort of. Well, yeah. I mean, you you know, get, I, like Carlos Carlos Correa now is is you know was he he went on on um, MLB was it MLB now? no Fox Fox yeah. explain what GMs value and and woba and all that stuff and everyone's like oh my goodness Carlos Correa is awesome there's no right. mention of anything that he did none right. so you I know, don't people I don't buy look that. at this with idealism they want it to be fair when you look at the history of scandals in baseball. Or even the science stealing stuff. It's not really about fairness, right? I mean, you know, when you talk about Cora, and the, the book gets to this, and this was this is one part that wasn't really included in the excerpts, but I think it's a really interesting discussion. Um, you know, Cora was right to bat back against Luno because Luno um, very quickly started to attack Cora, and Cora's like, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one doing this. That's true. He wasn't. Cora and Beltron were uh, certainly the um, flag bearers, right? They were they they were co-founders. Um, of the system, but they weren't the only ones using it. They weren't the only ones uh, enjoying it. But, you know, look at the Red Sox situation. One guy gets punished and and everybody looks at uh, Cora, Sam Kennedy, John, go up the chain, right? Is that good leadership when you have the junior level guy, JT Watkins, taking the fall? Meanwhile, Red Sox players, Pay JT Watkins more than he's ever made in a season, according to Red Sox sources I talked to in the reporting in the book. Um, 
you know, they, they take care of him because they know what he did for them. Right. And so, you know, your, your question is born is one out of, well, what would be fair? Um, and, and what happens in all these situations, it's not about fairness, right? The trainer, John Jokum, if I'm saying his name right, takes the fall in the Apple Watch scandal. You think it was only John Jokum, right? He's the guy who got named and Pedroia was out there too, right? But it, it's, it, it always comes down on certain individuals rather than the totality of the situation. And I do think that's a really relevant question for the Red Sox and Red Sox fans. If you look at Red Sox leadership, they let the junior level guy take the fall. Nobody's going... Is that good leadership? You tell me, Rob. You think that's good so, leadership? So let me t- let me ask you this. I answer the question. Do you Do, think? No, no. I never think it's good leadership when you when you have to when you let the the underlings take the the heat. I mean, the, the, the top guy should always take the brunt. And right. in, in this case, you know, in in some ways, the Houston Astros do this. But you keep mentioning sort of the the Red Sox and the Yankees and the in the not the Fitbit whatever yeah. scandal, and and it's in the book, but. Like it, I'll ask you this: Is mm-hmm. that you're comparing the two? Okay, would you say that was equal? Like, would you say like when I'm talking about when I'm talking about the yeah. punishment of these guys? Would you say that that it was equal in terms of the the player responsibility to it for both sides? So, I have my own opinion about whether severity and cheating matters. I do think it matters, right? I do think. You, you know, there's 120 miles an hour in this, in the 55 and there's 95 in the 55, right? And you can, you know, those numbers are all movable. I also think it would be fair for somebody to sit there and go, you know what? You're breaking the rules. Cheating is cheating. I don't care how extreme or little you're doing it. You are, you are flaunting the rules, flouting the rules. And, um, you know, I think that's a fair opinion for people to take. So, so think- if, 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 if the Astros, so what were the Astros traveling and what were the Red Sox and Yankees traveling? Yeah. The Astros were traveling. You know, 120, right? And the Red Sox and Yankees were doing the 95. I, I think it's probably the way to put it. Or it's 100 and 130, right? You know, I, this is not a perfect science. That's how I would look at it. Um, but if somebody wanted to stand there and say, I think any cheating is cheating, I'm not going to begrudge them that. So when, no, no, when, when, they, the, when the Astros, when the Astros faced the Yankees and Red Sox, right? Okay. 2017, um, who, and obviously the Astros win. So who has the advantage? Like who is who who is who has reaped the benefits of the chicanery more of those teams? Do you think there's just like there was just cheating all over the place, or do well, you think that the, what the Astros were doing? Do you I, think do you think the Astros what they did in 2017? Yeah, would they have won without doing that? The the, the tragedy and the crime here is that they have given us so many reasons to ask that question right i know but literally nobody rob can answer that question and but that's the problem is that they've opened the door to it they've given reason for people to doubt what they see on the field and the book goes into this you know your question about 18 when you're starting to, a little bit depends on on what years and specifics you're talking about the 2018 playoffs there's a chapter in the book and it's referring to uh, a quote uh, from somebody involved with one of these teams that, you know, you get to the playoffs, um, everybody knows what everybody else is doing. In the regular season, it's a lion and a deer. The the uh, the best teams in, in 18, uh, and certainly in 17, you know, we're probably all doing some of that base runner system. The video room to dugout, um, 
to runner on base, but where the Astros took it to such an extreme. And, and the, I think it is important for people to understand, you know, you get all these players going, oh, everything, this was happening everywhere. We have no firsthand accounts of something on the Astros level happening everywhere. We have, we have the base runner system, which the Astros did on the road, but the, the total lack of involvement of a runner on base, setting up the camera and then just directly communicating it to that hitter, literally what pitch is coming every time without a runner on base, that is different. That doesn't mean it's impossible another team is doing that, Rob. Um, you you never know. And that's that's the crime of the whole thing, is that now everybody goes, well, what, I wonder what was going on here. I wonder what was going on there. Um, but, you know, I, I balk when people say, oh, everybody was doing it. Go get it. If, if you're a media member, go find the firsthand sources, right? Ken and I were able to find two teams with firsthand sourcing. Uh, meaning people on the inside who acknowledge we did this. Everything else has been um, people on the outside pointing fingers. And in the book, there's firsthand sourcing about the Dodgers as well, using a base runner system. Um, so that's my overview of how to look at the league-wide stuff. What's your favorite part of a damn near perfect game? Well, when you send it to me and uh, – all right, if, 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 the bathroom, if, I'll I'll tell you. Let's see. Well, you you yeah, tell I, me how much of sign stealing stuff is in your book. It's it's not that's not what the book is about. You don't have any of the Joe Kelly uh, Astros. Uh, it's not what the book stuff? is about. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Well, no, I mean the 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 part is it begin the book begins with the whole like thing with Correa. Ah, oh, yeah. so yours is a history book too, huh? No. Oh. No, it's using it's basically using it at instance to show you how emotions everything you relate, get that out sooner. If, if every, you're going to start every, there, oh, are you going to let me talk? You're going <laughs> to let me talk. Everything relates back to the glorious game of baseball. That's right. And as as Joe Kelly says in the book, he looked over at Carlos Correa and saw the snotty nosed AU kid. You know, the spoiled AU kid, and that's right. what you do to that kid. You mm. give him pout. And so there you go, and boom, you're on your way to to literary excellence. That's um, right. Uh, what is your what is your favorite part of your book? If you're not going to name the favorite part of my book, um, honestly, I, I think the truly, I think the ending is poignant for me. It it it, it wraps a bow on you know what the what the cost of what the Astros did was. Um, it, it shines some light on what really goes on in, in these front offices. I, I, I kept coming back to that. You know, I, I found it to be succinct and um, kind of powerful, frankly. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what people enjoy, and, and hopefully they, they do read to the end. It was weird. The last line said, good luck winning another World Series, Houston Astros. That was bizarre. That was, and if they strange. win another World Series, I guess everything <laughs> is fixed, right, buddy? That's the whole trick. You hold up the damn trophy, and that's it. It's perfect. Let's write a book are you, about it. So you've, got, you've gotten to this point. Are you looking forward to the next couple of weeks? Yeah. I'm you, had your, you had your book party, which I boycotted. Yeah. Um, but uh, are you looking forward to it? I want I, – It's it's been, as I was kind of touching on earlier, it's been – difficult waiting to have this story out in the world right to have the full picture the researched picture that nobody else has and and i don't think many people um could possibly understand without kind of going through this research and reporting i'm i'm i want people to understand the full picture 
and and that's really what I'm looking forward to. I want people to be able to read the whole thing. Um, and the people who have so far, you know, it's 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 wild, right? It it is a. I, I think there there are some wows I get, and and that's not a bit about my and my reporting. It's about holy crap, this is what was going on here. Uh, somebody with the Astros, um said to me they learned something new every you know 15 pages and and i and i think that's a pretty high compliment hmm. yeah interesting well there you go congratulations on writing the book thanks rob congratulations even though, you, even though you say you want to you reveal all this stuff and you won't tell me why you released the expert in september <laughs> are we competitors no man like no you're the you're basically the warm-up back for february 28th are you yeah. kidding me <laughs> yeah i'm the opener <laughs> you're the opener uh but all in all sincerity i know how difficult the whole process is and for something like this it's it's uh there is that that sense of and i know what you're saying about you wanting to talk about it you get the books you get the books in your hand you have the book party um you get the attaboys and all of that i mean this is this is the payoff and so soak yeah. back and enjoy it because in about uh two months i'll be back ripping you when by the way when's a sequel when's a sequel <laughs> i don't know man i i need a, i need you know this this was uh this took up the the age 32 to 35 years of my life I've been joking with people and I, and I think there's a kernel of truth in this. Everybody else around me and kind of in, in my age bracket uh, is either married, has a kid or has a house or some combination. Are you blaming own. the book for this? And I've got a book, right? Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm ready, Rob, to, to keep doing great work for the athletic. Um, you know, if another book deal comes up, great, but I, there, you know, it's time to kind of do some of the things like I didn't get to do the last three years. So who's playing you in the movie? People say I look like uh, Ben Platt, you know, the, or Ben Platt looks like me. I should say that the guy from Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, John so Malkovich, who was younger. I've gotten a, that I'm a younger no, guy. I think a current John Malkovich. I think that would be applicable. Yeah, yeah. he's a little yeah. older than I am. Uh, it's okay. I think okay. after writing a book, you know what I mean. Um, all right. All right. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 